Hey friends, this is Kelsey Jo Hillis, photographer, entrepreneur, wife, mom, and recovering people pleaser. This is my podcast, Picturing Purpose, where I have meaningful and authentic conversations with people from all different walks of life. My hope with this podcast is that you find encouragement, lean on faith, and trust God's purpose for your life. We will have a brand new episode for you every other Wednesday. So with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode of Picturing Purpose. Hello, Purpose Pleasers. This is Kelsey Joe with Picturing Purpose. Today I have Haley with me What's and I up? love her. Oh, she, she's singing already. <laughs> this girl is so talented. I love her so much. I feel like I've known her. We just said earlier, was it 82 years? Yeah, 82. Yeah, we've known each On other for 80, <laughs> 82 years. And literally, I just met you three a couple months ago. Yeah. How long ago was that conference? Really not that long ago. Yeah. End of January. Yeah. Yes. But we really have known each other for a yeah. long time. You know those yeah. people that you just like connect with? Mm-hmm. It's almost like God placed them there specifically for something. Yep. That's how I feel with you, Haley. Mm. That's how I feel about you too. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's Haley. just it's one of those things that's really funny that I think until you've had it, you don't understand what people are talking about. And I don't mean like something yes. exclusive. I think it's really unique, especially to the kingdom, because like yes. you just meet people and you're like, man, I just love you already. Just love you. It's fine. Let's just talk for hours. Yeah. And you already good. know that like they're a confirming person. Like yeah. that. Like I know that I can tell you that and you're not gonna be like, wow, what a weirdo. You know? <laughs> I'm just gonna be like It's mm-hmm. like you instantly connect yeah. and you're like, Hey, yeah, we we're friends now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's Call me. literally what yeah, happened. Let's, let's go get lunch. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, let's just do it. Yes. But you are uh, cousins with my friend Hannah. Yes. Um, Hannah is a big part of my spiritual journey. I love her so much. Um, she's teaching me drums. <laughs> yes. It's been a while since I've had a drum lesson. Yeah. I, but I have a I have a drum set now at home. Amazing. And I rarely ever practice it, but I've really got to get on it. Like, Yeah, because girl drummers are the best. Yeah. And um, I actually talked to Hannah, and mm-hmm. you, me, and her— we're going to start like the next Barlow girl. I think that should have already happened. Yes. <laughs> because Barlow girl was a f- formative band. Yes, it was. Like, it's actually embarrassing how yeah. much them and plus one, uh, oh, which was like the Christian one. NSYNC for okay. most of the people who would never, it's such like you have, you, you, you know, if you know, but if you don't know, you're like, what the heck? I feel like I, I don't remember. What's one of their songs? Sing one for me. Oh my gosh. Last, oh, so embarrassing to even <laughs> mention because they're so like emotional and like, like I, I think back to like some of their lyrics and I'm like, I'm like, where, where was Jesus in that? Um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, there's literally a song called last flight out and the, oh. the lyrics of the chorus were like, the hook on the end was for you. I'd take the last flight out. And I'm like, I don't feel like that means what you think it means. You know, <laughs> if all that you can say is that you love me enough to take the last flight of the day, I just don't feel like that's enough. But my teenage self really like my tween, you know, I'm like 13 and I'm just like feeling very emotional about this. Cause I wasn't allowed to listen Emo. to like, yeah, you know, I wasn't oh, okay. allowed to listen to like NSYNC and Backstreet yeah. Boys or whatever. Yeah. So Anna they were my, either. they were my heart throbs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Anyway, it's very like, well, if you know, you know, and last you flight, I feel like is like someone like running through the airport, to you know, that that's, that flight. was my brain. Just like, yeah. wow, they would, they would do that for me. And I'm like packing my bag to go to seventh grade, you know, like it's not, it's just not the movie. Have you it's seen fine. the TikToks where someone's like playing an old, like 
early 2000s um, emo song. And they're just in the back of the car and they've got their face on the window and it's raining and they're like doing all these, like doing a music video. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times that was me. And it's so humiliating. It's so humiliating to think about now that we were the, but I feel like, and hear me out. I just feel like we're the last like cringy, Yes. Like late Gen Z, I think is it. You know, that's yeah. where like the line is kind of drawn. They like they've lost the ability to be cringe. Yeah. And I just think that we embraced it so well that it was character developing, you know? Yeah. And now they're just like, what why do eighth graders already have it together? I was a mess in eighth grade. I was wearing white eyeshadow. White. All over my eyelids, yeah. you know? So like Birkenstocks and a Tweety Bird shirt. <laughs> layers and layers and layers of layers, you know? Just I, why did I need so many things stacked on top? If the dress is too short, you don't buy it. You don't put it over jeans with a t-shirt underneath, you yeah. know? But that was the move. That was the life that we lived. The crazy so. thing is that it's like you see all these trends coming back now. Horrified. Yeah. I just had a kid tell me the other day. I say a kid and he's like in high school. He's like, I said, he was asking, <laughs> this is horrible, but he was I asking about like why the year 2000 was such a big deal. Um, and like Y2K and like all the things. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm trying to explain. He was like, people didn't trust computers could just like figure. I'm like, no, you have to understand. It was a different time. Like, obviously I wasn't grown at that point. Okay. I'm not that old, but like, you know, I vaguely remember the panic and all the things. <laughs> and he's like, you know, well now like saying, oh, that's so Y2K of you is like a compliment. <laughs> Like, if people have, like, a fake tan and bright blonde hair, people are like, oh, that's so white. Oh, and a bump it. Oh, that's so white to cave you. And it's a compliment. And I'm like, I'm having it. PTSD just thinking about the outfits that I wore in the early 2000s. <laughs> and you guys are willingly electing to go yeah. back to that. And I just, I can't. I, some of the trends I'm actually down for. Like, I see them and I'm like, yes, that it's so cool. I think as a photographer, because I don't have to wear them, but I can make someone else wear them. You know what I somebody mean? Somebody else has to get in that. Yeah, yes. someone else has to wear the crop top. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> like the the belts, the unnecessary belts that went the big on top chunky of stuff. belts. Yeah, that literally was just like serve no purpose <laughs> at all. They didn't hold up because I mean a lot of literally they they went over the belt loops of your jeans and like set on your hip. You know, it wasn't holding anything up. What was the point of that? <laughs> and Marketing then the little, was at its peak and then the little then. dainty chains that went around. Yep. The belly dancer Every, chains. It was really about the belly. You know, just. <laughs> They were putting and us. I had no, in my entire life, never had one flat belly to nope. show off. So I wasn't made for those. <laughs> and honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, when you're over 11, no one's made for those. Like, it's just That's not right. the look. That's right. If you're at risk of me seeing, I mean, just all your business every yeah. time you bend over, we have a problem. Yeah. Like, if you can't because your jeans are just everything is there. <laughs> I just don't, you know, because the problem is at the same time that the, like the waistline of your pants is creeping further down and the bottom of your shirt's creeping up, we're just going to run out of real estate at some point. You know what I mean? I rebuke that plumber spirit you know, in the name of Jesus. You get, we don't need to see that, you know, I just, I, I'm like, do you not see the trauma that we inflicted on ourselves in that age of fashion? And can we just not go back? All I wish for you is to learn from history. But you have these kids that are just like, no, it's amazing. I'm like, you know what? You'll have the pictures. You'll see. Yeah. It's not I, it. Well, it's moving fun. on from Y2K. <laughs> like, let's talk about something real. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what were we even talking about? Oh, my gosh. Barlow Girl. Oh, Barlow Girl. That's what we started got, it all. Yeah. We so, had a flashback. Yeah, we're going to be the next Barlow Girl. For sure. Once I actually learn the drums. Any day now. 
Yeah, yeah, any yeah. day now. Yeah, what? What? I don't have kids this week. They're at, they're at my mother in law's, and I'm like, great, great time frame to learn the drums. You know, yeah. like completely. You have like, a whole week. You, you could master it. I really could. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, I know the basics, <laughs> so I could just you know learn a few songs. Is and, it? But um, yeah, life, uh, work, yeah, house, all, all the those things. things. So the reason that I have Haley is not only because of the um, the connection we. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of creepy. The connection that we had. Haley is super, super talented. Musically, very, very talented. Um, anointed. She I have heard I've heard messages from her. Um and it's something to look up to. Like you are definitely inspirational. And um you're just a comfortable person to be around. And I don't you I'm usually not the type to like just have a conversation with someone and be like, you need to come on the podcast, <laughs> you know, but with you, yeah. I was like, Haley needs to come on the podcast. Like well, for real, you. she's going to have something to share for people. And yeah, that's why I have you here basically. Yeah. And I was like, what are we going to talk about? What are we? And I, what I decided on, well, what the Lord decided on yeah. was to talk about like just the difficulties in life and mm-hmm. A lot of people are going through a lot of hard stuff right yeah. now. The economy is awful. Terrible. <laughs> In the toilet. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. yeah. And people are just really struggling on like what to do with their life mm-hmm. and their purpose in life. Yeah. Uh, they might have been in a career for years and now they're like, mm-hmm. I might need to like look at different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm personally, I'm having to sacrifice some things that I typically wouldn't want to sacrifice. Like yeah. my fleshly desires are like, mm-hmm. no, Lord, like don't <laughs> take this away from me. Yeah. But, you know, I, he has our best interest mm-hmm. and he knows what yeah. we need to do. And um, I think sometimes we think that we know best, but we don't. <laughs> FYI, we do not. Yeah. And he'll he'll use it as a lesson. He always. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so anyway, I... Whenever I was thinking about this topic, I was thought of, I always think of Jesus asleep in the boat Yeah, (laughs) during times like this, because I think we are always so, we always forget how much He can do Mm -hmm. when we rely on Him. Yeah. Even though the, like, what was it? It was Mark, Matthew, and Luke. I can't remember. There's like three three accounts of this. Yeah. But the three that were in the boat— they had already seen him do mm-hmm. all of these miracles, yeah. and I can't remember which ones were all before that, but, I mean, just wild things yeah. that no one could ever do. And then they get on this boat, <laughs> and the storm's are going, like, a-brewing. Uh, this is it. Yeah, the <laughs> storm's going, and Jesus is asleep on the boat, and they're like, uh— Jesus, hey, like, are you going to fix this for <laughs> are us? Are you going like, to get up? What, yeah. <laughs> Can you not hear no, the no, waves approaching? No, no, go ahead and sleep. It's going to be fine. Like, no. <laughs> um, and then Jesus wakes up, and he's like, it was he's kind of, he was kind of, like, sarcastic. Like, kind of you, like, are yeah. you kidding? Yeah, like, yeah. what, you don't, did you not think that I could, mm-hmm. you know, as, calm the seas? Yeah. And he literally got up, told the seas to calm down, and they calmed he's down. Like, going back to sleep. Yeah. You woke me up for this? <laughs> yes. And I I think that I think about this a lot because in the moments of, oh, my gosh, am I going to have enough money to pay this? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, are we going to be able to um, make ends meet? Or yeah. is this job going to happen for us? Yeah. 
we instantly are like, we we try to take control of it. We're like, mm-hmm. okay. Like for me personally, like throughout the 15 years of doing what I do as an yeah. entrepreneur, in the moments of, oh my gosh, are we going to make it? Yeah. I instantly think like, okay, well, I just need to work more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I just need to take on <laughs> yeah. more. Are we the same yeah. person? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, what do I need to do in order yeah. to uh, fix this situation? Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, just chill. Just stop. Yeah, <laughs> I've got this. Yeah. Why, wh- why are you so worried about it? Haven't I come through before? Yeah. Because I have seen him come through before. I've literally seen something happen. Someone yeah. book something. Yeah. And we were able to provide for our family. Yeah. And then it comes again and it's like, well, are you going to come through this time? <laughs> but this time, though, are you paying attention? Yeah. Yeah. And so I wanted, I, I had asked you to kind yeah. of prep a situation that you could share with yeah. us. What are, what, what is something that has happened in your past that oh, gosh. you didn't trust the you Lord? You know, there's just like so many things. I think one of the things that I'm saying things a lot. Um, it's okay. One of the one of the situations that I think we often find ourselves in as Christians, and and even like the question that I get a lot from people who are just like, you know, but what do you do when fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. And the and the thing is that I always try to remind myself and other people when they ask me that question is, you know, when when you read in scripture, we're not promised like a cakewalk. Right. You know, when we give our <laughs> life to Jesus, it's literally not in there. And I don't know why people get it misconstrued that our life is just suddenly going to be painless and easy. And there's never going to be moments where we have, mm-hmm. you know, frustrations or struggles or trials or tribulations or any of those things. We're actually guaranteed that. That's in this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't say might, maybe, yeah. you know, it could happen. <laughs> you, you will. Know, 70% of you will have trouble. Some 70, you know, 30% of you will be great. It'll be. Yeah. It's like you will have that, but take heart, I've overcome the world. It's mm-hmm. not so much that it means that everything's going to be easy. It just means that I'm not relying on myself to get through those things. Yeah. And that's a big realization that I kind of believe you have to come to over and over and over again in this walk of faith. And like, I can, there's a thousand things. I mean, yeah. I'm 33 and I live mm-hmm. in, below, be, I, I'm in the technical South and I'm 33 and I'm single. So every day is a walk of faith for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> when you talk to anyone who has the traditional beliefs about should I be married by now? Um, right. So, you know, but Especially I'm not, South. Oh gosh, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, you know, there's that, there's that front and we can talk about that, but I think like a more a, on the nose example a few years ago. So I, I graduated college. I'm one of those people that's had plans just like my whole life. Yeah. I, Worked really hard in school so I could get scholarships because it was like, you know, my parents are pastors. They're not, they're not the kind of, they're not celebrity pastors. They're like actual pastors. No (laughs) shade, but like the big percentage (laughs) of pastors are not like pastors. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think sometimes people now, because you see some pastors out in the front, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I'm not saying anything about their character or anything like that. Please, like, don't misunderstand, but like, you know, when you see them and they have like, you know, Gucci shoes and like all the things, they, everybody thinks like, well, I want to be a pastor. I'm like, I just got to tell you, please don't ask that. You don't know what you're asking right. because 99% of pastors do not live that life. They're right. just like regular people, you know, right. with regular things. And in a lot of ways, in a lot of churches, walking by faith for provision financially and all the things. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole other thing. I won't get on that soapbox. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> have a lot of, I have a lot for of respect time. for pastors and that's an unpopular opinion with some people. But anyway, um, 
Anyway, but, you know, I knew growing up, like, there wasn't, like, some huge college fund. And they were just like, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord's going to give you a spirit of excellence. We're going to pray over you every day. You're going to work hard in school if you want to go to college or whatever you want to do. Just know that, you know, we're going to support you and all the things. But it was like, I knew I wanted to work hard so that I didn't have to pay for college because who wants to pay for college if you don't have to? Right. And so I go to college. I have a plan in my brain about, like, all the things that are going to happen, uh, like a whole five to ten year plan. Yeah. None of that is how it went. Um, I didn't pay for school, which is great. What did you um, initially go to college I for? went for my, in my first year and a half, I was a music major. Mm-hmm. I got into Figured. it. I love music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, studying music in college is a different animal. I have, I have heard that. I've heard it it's is very, very, very difficult. It's really hard, and honestly, I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, I still think about this all the time. In my freshman semester, I had... 15 hours and 10 classes and that wow. the math don't work on that. I just no. want you to know, like I just had no, <laughs> don't work. I had so many things that were one and zero credit hours that I was required to do. Anyway, yeah. I ended up uh, just praying about it and really not knowing what, I, cause I knew I didn't want to teach music in school. I, you know, I was already doing in a lot of ways, the things that I wanted to be doing with music, yeah. leading worship and stuff like that. I just loved music. And so um, eventually just kind of like through searching with the Holy spirit, which is a whole other thing, just kind of decided, okay, Let's move this into something more practical. Um, and I'll, there's a whole other story about like switching schools. I ended up in, a, in an interim position at the church that I'm at now yeah. um, when I was 19, which was a whole other walk of faith of just like believing that the Lord um, would be able to use me, even though I didn't feel at all capable, prepared, or equipped, um, which I wasn't. So that's fair. Funny and how that uh, yeah, isn't it? And he just had to teach me the whole way. It's the old fashioned kind of like, okay, I guess mm-hmm. I'll just go where you go. Yeah. And, um, in the, say that really casually. It doesn't feel like that. Anyway, um, graduated the business degree. I get a, an internship at a medical office my last semester in, in college. I ended up getting hired on there, which was really a blessing. Uh, learned a lot of things. Um, eventually, I, I really allowed the job for me to like become a crutch of just like not really wanting to pursue, like going forward, not really wanting to push into what some of the things that I knew that God was calling me to. And it finally just got to a point like six years into the job and they were really good to me. So I have no, no complaints on, on that end. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, I knew the Lord was calling me to, to things that I didn't really know how I was going to do it or didn't really know how he thought I was qualified for. (laughs) And, uh, like, what are you thinking? Um, God of the universe, you know? Um, and eventually it just came to a point where the Holy spirit just told me, you have to quit. You have to quit. And I'm not giving you like any, and I was like, Okay. You know, and at first I'm like obviously panicking on the inside, like, uh, because I'm still on staff at my church. This job let me have like really flexible time and all the things. And so I'm just like, in my brain, all the things are adding up of like, how am I going to replace this? You know, yeah, replace this job for myself, you know? And, um, so I, I just do it because I don't really know what else to do when the Holy Spirit doesn't give you any wiggle room about like, you know, when you feel like it. Yeah. (laughs) You're when he comes at you, like, hey, You've got to quit and you got to do it now. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, okay. And it was really one of those moments, I think, sobering for me of like, I I think a lot of people get lulled into this sense of like, if you, and hear my heart, if you allow yourself to be kind of lulled 
into the slumber of like things being logical and easy always, you're not pursuing a life of faith. Mm -mm. And that doesn't mean that God's not going to open a door and that things can't be like good and easy because I believe that he does that. But you just need to make sure that you're, you're allowing the Lord to move you and move your life in a direction of faith because that's where purpose comes. That's where calling comes and all those things. And in my experience, every time I've ever gotten like to a place where I'm like, wow, things are so cozy and like, I feel like I know things now and I'm not like, pan- we're about to like kind of step into, maybe not, and it's not always quitting a job. Sometimes it's like, he's asking you to add something, do mm-hmm. something new, add a, a new dimension of ministry or like mentor, you know, there's a million things he can be adding anyway. And I had just kind of allowed myself to be in this place of like, this job was exactly what I wanted yeah. slash it was easy and made sense. And they, they were cooperative with me and my schedule, which was crazy. And, and I just didn't have to push, you know? And so it was, it was perfect for you. Yeah, yeah. really. In my mm-hmm. brain, it was like, this is ideal. Of yeah. course, this is Why you still, you Lord. To leave yeah. And so when he's like, you got to quit, and I'm like, oh, uh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> okay. That? And I really did have the sense that, like, I felt it was a little bit of, you know, that parental kind of thing of where it's a warning, but it's not like you're in trouble. But it's like, if you don't go ahead and do this, like, it's going to be harder later. Yeah. And I really felt like that was an invitation to me, like, hey, if you don't do this when I say the next time I ask you to move, it's going to be harder. It's going to just get harder and harder for you to just step. And I didn't want that. I want to be a person as hard as that life, as this life can be. Sometimes I really want to be living a life that's responsive to the spirit. Like if he's leading, I don't care where we're going. I just want to go because it's the best life. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. And so I quit and I'm believing firmly at this point. I'm like, my faith is built, you know, I'm like, yes, you're right. Holy Spirit, like, thank you. And I'm in, you know, like in scripture being like, you're just going to provide. I just, I don't know what's next. And I even said that to my bosses at the time. I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing next, but, you know, and I just believed like, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks and the right thing's going to come along. And it was six months that I had no job. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it wasn't for lack of trying. I sent out probably no less than 65 applications to jobs that when you read the description, it was like they were talking to me. You know, like yeah. it was like they said, "Hey, what what's on Haley's resume? Let's put that on our like qualifications and and like what we want." And then I would send it in, and it wasn't even a lot of times it wasn't even like a response of like, "Hey, no, we've already filled it," or like it was nothing. It was just radio silence. And I was just like, I remember about month four, I was like, "Lord, I don't know what am I doing? What am I missing? What what what?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was just I was really. I was, I was scared, you know, like I was scared. I I was like, I don't, where's the money coming from where, uh, and to be fair in this, the whole time I never missed a bill. Like I never, there was always money that just, it just happened. Like somebody would bless me with something. I would get invited to go somewhere and they would end up blessing me with way more money than I would have thought would ever have been, you know, I've just made it a rule to, for myself that if if there's a way when someone asks me, especially with like coming to lead worship or minister or anything like that, I want to say yes. If I can say yes, I want to say yes, regardless of whether or not they're going to be able to pay me because there have been so many people who've poured into me for no monetary kind of gain. And I want, I always want to kind of like, I, I'm not, 
I don't hold that. You know, the Lord gave me this gift on loan and I'm I'm just trying to be used and available. If he gives me an opportunity, I'm going to take it even if it costs me something. Yeah. And and so there were a lot of times that it would be stuff like that and I would say yes because, you know, I really need and I would think to myself I probably should be filling out applications during that time. Uh but I'll do it <laughs> and then someone would bless me and there would be just enough. Yeah. And so about month 4 I'm like sitting here and just like I and I'm sitting at home by myself one day and I'm just like in tears cuz I'm just like I I don't know what else I can do. I'm on Indeed every single day. Like yeah. just every, <laughs> I live on this website. Literally, yeah. like they've got to be so tired of me. At this point, I'm like, just hire me. Why does this website not website not hire me? <laughs> like me I Indeed. should be an Indeed person. You know what even what even is that? <laughs> I know uh, this website in and you out. You just get so desperate, you know, that you're like anything God. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, you know, like sitting there, and I just feel the Holy Spirit just being like, you know, if I'm the one that invited you out here, I'm the one that'll take care of you. So. Just know, like, I appreciate that you don't want to be perceived as someone who's just being like, you know, leaning back and and being kind of lazy and like, well, the Lord told me to, so I'll just, I hope it's going to fall in my lap. Because for me, that's never been my thing. You know, I was the the one in group projects that was like getting stuff done. You know, everybody wanted me in their group in college because they knew the work was going to get done, whether they did their part or not. Right. And because that's just, I'm a hard worker when I I just Mm -hmm. believe that we have a lot of, of like ability to affect, you know, yeah. with, with, if God puts something in your hand, I'm a firm believer that he intends for you to use it. That's right. And so I'm just like, you know, trying to do my part in my brain. I'm trying to do my part, Lord, why are we not? And, um, and he was just kind of washing over me with this piece and just like, just, it's okay. It's okay to just trust me. Like, it's okay to, to lean. Mm. That's, that's really all you have to do. And I'm like, okay. And in the meantime, I'm like trying to figure out how to operate from a place where it's not like striving, mm-hmm. trying to be like, okay, Holy Spirit, how about instead of sending out 25 applications today or messages like inquiries about this, how about if you nudge me about one, then I'll, you know, and it wasn't really shortly after that. I had this stirring in I, this this lady that I have known for a really long time, I used to babysit her kids when she was, you know, when I was younger and in college and in high school even. And I, the Holy Spirit just kept nagging me to like message her. And I'm like, what? why? Like, we haven't talked in forever. It's not like I, we're not friends or anything like that. But what am I saying? Like, what you have me out here trying to send this message and I don't even know what I'm supposed to be saying. And he just keeps on and keeps on and keeps on. And like three weeks, I put him off. I'm just like, this is weird. I'm not just going to. And also, again, what do you even want me to say? So I finally just opened my, I'm sitting up, I literally can see it in my brain. I can see myself so pitiful. (laughs) I'm sitting on the couch and I have my phone out and he just keeps on and I'm like, fine. And I pull my phone out and I'm like, hey, uh, I hope you're doing well, like all the things. And I'm like, honestly, I don't even know why I'm sending you this message. The Holy Spirit keeps nagging at me to send a message to you. I have no clue why, but just know that I'm praying for you and I love you. And I don't, you know, I have no idea. And I literally, I finished the text and I'm like, there, I did it out loud. And then I just tossed my phone. It's not 10 minutes and she texts me back and she goes, Haley, I have been thinking about you for three weeks. And I was like, so of course at that moment, I'm like already starting to repent because I'm like, okay, I'm really sorry because clearly you, it was, I was definitely being a brat. Um, And she's like, let's meet for coffee. I have so many things to tell you. And I'm like, okay. I mean, at this point I'm thinking to myself, I hope you're buying because I am so poor. I'm like, that's the realest thing. Buy my coffee, please. Like, please, God, let her offer to pay, or I'm just gonna need to order water. 
<laughs> like I'm not a drip the coffee girl. Is real. <laughs> I'm not a drip coffee girl, but it's the cheapest thing on the menu always. And that's what I would have had to sit there and choke down. Anyway, <laughs> get there. I'm like dying. Give me the shot of it's uh, espresso. <laughs> like, you know what? What do you have that's free? Free 99. Because I literally, like, like, I can't honestly even afford to breathe in here right now. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's that feeling where you're just like, the Holy Spirit just orchestrated this whole situation where I sent this text that he's been telling me about forever. She messages back and is like, I've been thinking about you the entire time. And I'm still driving to the coffee shop thinking like, you better come through. And um, so, you know, just a testament to like our humanity and how we tend to be. And I go and I sit down with her and she starts telling me about how she's starting this real estate company from scratch. And um, she starts asking me a lot of questions and she's like, you know, I don't know what, you know, I, I don't know kind of what we're going to need or any of those things, but I would love to bring you on board, you know, maybe get your real estate license, like all the things. And I'm like, honestly, at this point, I'm like, yeah, yes to everything. <laughs> honestly, yes to everything. Yeah. And thank you for the cider. You know, like <laughs> I'm just out here and, uh, we, she's like, okay, well, here's this. Um, and here's kind of where we're at. And here's some of the materials that we're working with. Why don't you take a look at a, all of it and kind of make yourself familiar. And then we'll meet next week and kind of like meet with my business partner and we'll just kind of sit down and talk about it. So I just go home and I'm like praising God all the way. Like, thank you, Jesus calling all the people who've been praying with me and end up long story short, end up getting to work with a heritage group for two years until the Lord really launched me out into, you know, freelancing and writing on my own. And then the next step into, you know, songwriting and doing all that kind of stuff, which is songwriting, something I've been doing my whole life, but something yeah. that I just really was comfortable to like leave as a me and him thing and not ever kind of didn't, I was just scared. I mean, yeah. uh, it's funny sometimes how many, it's funny sometimes how many, funny how many times we don't just want to say, Hey Lord, I'm scared. Cause I think that there's, there's an honesty in that, that we, a lot of times we feel like if we vocalize it then we're being insincere in our relationship with the Lord, but like, your kids would never be afraid to come and tell you that they're scared, you know? They shouldn't be. At yeah, least. they shouldn't be. And and because if if you have that relationship, then they feel like coming to you is going to fix it. And I feel like until we have that relationship with the Lord where we can be honest, we give the disciples and a lot of people in the, the Bible a lot of um, flack for, it seems like you're so dumb. Like you're literally with, you know, Jesus in flesh. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how could you be so idiotic? But we have God with us everywhere. The Holy Spirit came when mm-hmm. Jesus left, and He was like, it's better for me to go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And, and be with I, I feel like we lose the significance of yeah. that, too, of Him saying, it is better for me to go yeah, so that they can come. True. So that the Holy Spirit can come, not they. So that He can come. Mm-hmm. And um, and we have the Holy Spirit, and we second-guess so often, and we don't just want to say, hey, I'm just scared. Because I think He's really comfortable with scared. He, I think where He is, the Bible tells us that fear isn't. So if we can come to him and be like, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I'm, I don't see the way, it's so much easier for him to be like, but remember, I'm the peace, I'm this I've, provision. I've noticed that whenever I do have moments where it could be even small things, like, I, like you want me to speak to this person, yeah. and I'm like, I'm scared, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to, I'm in Walmart, mm-hmm. and I need to get yeah. places. And whenever I do that, when I say I'm scared, he goes, okay, I'll help you. Yeah. And then... Yeah. It's almost like he opens a door where that person comes closer to mm-hmm. me, yeah. and it starts a conversation. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is easy now. Yeah. 
I just wanted to say that because yeah. I feel like sometimes when we admit our fear, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, let me help you. Yeah. Because it's not, he's not a God who gives fear. And so to have that moment where you're just like, I, f- you know, I feel, and it just branches off into so many things. Like your feelings aren't going to ever tell you the truth about what God is doing in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. The feelings are indicators, but they're not good drivers. And so I always I always tell people like if you're letting your feelings in the driver's seat you'll never do anything. Yeah. You've got I'm I'm a very big proponent of letting your emotions and your feelings in those moments where you're just overwhelmed with like I'm just anxious, I'm scared, I don't like understand, I'm hurt, I'm lost, like any of that, letting it be the thing that indicates like what is it that I need to be bringing to you. And if you can't mm-hmm. discern that for yourself to bring it to his feet and let him teach you and show you because he's always really faithful to be like having that conversation with me of like, you know, are you scared because you think I won't come through or are you scared because you feel out of control? Mm. Because for me, like that was a big, that was a big thing that I had to deal with, especially in my like mid twenties was like really the Holy Spirit coming and confronting me about, um, about my like confusing, oh, confusing moving on faith with when I feel like everything makes sense, so I have a grip on it. Yeah. And him being like, we as want long, to make yeah, sense. we want things to make sense. We want it to fall perfectly into its cute little box that we had. We want to be able to fully understand all the parts. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that. You don't get to do both. You don't get to have a, a complete handle on everything in your life and understand every single thing that's happening and be living a life by faith and in the spirit. Yeah. You just can't do both at the same time. And I know that there's some people who won't like that, but that's, I mean, that's just the truth. And it's not a truth that I think just from my own experience. In Scripture, you see that too. People yeah. who people who insisted on having control, I think of the rich young ruler, who he was face-to-face with Jesus and obviously felt a conviction and a drawing to him mm-hmm. of, I've kept these commandments all my life. I've done all the right things. What else do I need to have eternal life? What else do I need? And he, you know— the conversation basically comes around to there's only one thing you need to do, sell everything you have and come follow me. Mm-hmm. And he walks away sad Ouch. because for him, that was, he couldn't let go of the thing that defined him, that gave him a handle on his life. That was his security. It's who he was. It's like all the things he couldn't let go of that control. And if you insist on controlling your life, you won't even be in the boat to be scared. You know what I mean? And that's the hard part. I, I wonder how many times and who, how many people Jesus invited to follow him that didn't, that we don't even read about in Scripture, that he 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 gave them the opportunity and it was just too much. Because as much as we say, like, Peter got out of the boat and started walking on water and then he sank, you know, which we all make the thing of like, <laughs> but he guys got his eyes off Jesus, guys, and that's when he started saying We make it seem like so simple. But you think about being in the middle of the sea, and just stepping out on water that I'm sure wasn't calm, like wasn't, wasn't completely mm-hmm. normal and yeah. just like, oh. And you think, yeah, but think one of all the people who were still in the boat. But two, when he met all these men that followed him all these years, you know, for three years they spent their life just following him, yeah. learning what he was doing, trying to figure him out, which they never did <laughs> until after he was gone. And they were like, oh my gosh, he was right about everything. Um that the the beckoning that he made to them, it wasn't like he said, you know, just so you know, everything will be taken care of. You're going to have a 401k. You'll get your social security, like all the things. He said, come follow me. And it was like, well, can I go back and, and say goodbye? Can I go back and take care of my, it was like, you got to follow, like, you got to leave everything and follow me. Mm-hmm. And that's the question I think we end up with a lot of times is, are we really willing to leave everything and follow him if if he asks for that? 
knowing that every good and perfect thing comes from the Father. He can't step out of his character. He won't. He doesn't allow himself that. So if I know that he's good, and if I know that he's a good father, and he's faithful, and he's a provider, and all the things, if he's asking me to let something go, if he's asking me to walk out into what feels unknown to me, it's never unknown to him, and he's never going to put me in a place that's going to put me off and in a bad spot. And it's so easy to say that when you're not in the middle of it. Right. It's just when you're in the middle of it that you have to remind yourself of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that it's like, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your paths. And it sounds so cutesy when you're making it like a Sunday school quote. You know, like, I, I learned, oh, my kid learned the scripture. On a painting and painting Literally. On the and we can say it, and yeah. we can, we've all heard it so many times that it's like ingrained in our minds. Yes. But it's that clause, in all your ways, acknowledge Him, lean not into your own understanding. Those two parts make it difficult. Those are the two parts that make you have to step out of your flesh and your desire to have control and your desire to have a plan and your desire to do all the things. Because if I'm leaning to my own understanding, I would say 90% of the things that the Lord has ever opened like doors for me, I wouldn't have walked through because it didn't make sense to me. My understanding was lacking. Nothing really it didn't ever make, makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it didn't make sense. And, um, and for me, like, when it came around to that job, that job ended up being the job that walked me into all these things that I never thought about doing myself. I always loved to write. I've always loved words, all the things. Never, I had, I can sincerely say I'd never thought about being a writer. I had never thought about, you know, like working in that capacity and mm-hmm. saying like, I'm, I'm a writer. Like that's, I never thought about that. And who would have thought even only God would put me in a job with a real estate company and be like, and spit me out a writer. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's like, only he does that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, only that's he true. does that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's, that's the, that's the, that's the tug of following the Lord is that no, it's not always going to make sense. I would say most of the time it doesn't make sense to me, but when you get to know him enough, you know, that on the other side, you could not even begin to imagine what he's doing in the middle of that. And you don't need to, un- I have come to terms with the fact that I don't need to understand everything. Mm-hmm. I don't need to understand everything because he's so faithful that I get to turn around a lot of times and look back at what I thought it was. And I see something totally different and only he could do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had moment after moment, after moment, after moment through my life, even, even like, in the, in the lane of like, I'm not married. And I have people ask me about that all the time. You have people who are, can be obtuse about it. And you have people that are trying to be helpful about it. You know, like, well, I have people that ask me, do you not want to be married? Yes. I want to be married. If you've ever met my parents, you know that I want to be married. I mean, look at their marriage who wouldn't want it. Mm -hmm. And they're not perfect by any means. They're just two people who really love the Lord and it makes them be able to love each other super well. And um, yeah, and it's like been modeled for me my whole life. Of course, I want to be married. Of course, I want to have kids. Of course, I want to do all those things. But I don't care to do those things in my timing and in my plan. I would prefer to do them in His. Mm -hmm. And I've dated some great people. But if it's not the Lord, it's not the Lord. And you can't, I can't change or help that. You know, that's if it's not my plan, as much as I would like to think I've been um, slighted or I've been like forgotten or any of those things, he's far too specific and intricate for me to ever believe that he has opinion about an opinion about where I work and what I do and what I what names I, I call myself and how I talk to myself in my in my inner monologue. He cares about all that. He can't tell me he doesn't care about 
that I want to be married. You can't tell me he doesn't care about me wanting to have kids. And so is it a walk of faith? Absolutely. But is it one that he's been priming me for kind of like always in my entire relationship with him? Yep. And so I just know I, if, if I don't see it yet, it's because he's not done. And if he's not done, then I don't have anything to worry about. And everybody's situation is so different. Like 100%. I, you know, the struggles that you, that you deal with in life, like of singleness and like waiting on the one that you want, mm-hmm. that you, that he has for you to marry yeah. and kids and all of that. It's like coming from someone that is married and has kids. I have my struggles too Yeah, of like where Absolutely. I'm in desperation of like, mm-hmm. Lord, are you going to fix this? Lord, are you going to come <laughs> yeah. through? And it's like, Whenever I hear about my single friends mm-hmm. that are like, oh, blah, blah, and I'm like, yeah, but like you get to go do whatever you yeah. want when you want, yeah. like you don't have the stress. It's like, and I'm not, I'm not discounting that no. at all, but like I, my sister-in-law is single. Mm-hmm. She lives in Kansas City and I was up there recently to yeah. um, trade off kids and all that. <laughs> and off. I'm in her apartment and it's so cute. And it's it's this one yeah. bedroom apartment and she has it decorated so flawlessly yeah. and the aesthetic is just like, you know, chef's yeah. kiss. And I'm like, this is a dream. Like I'm I'm like <laughs> You're I was living like, your best life. <laughs> I was like, Beth, I said, Beth, you need to like you need to like start doing TikTok influencer stuff. Like <laughs> she's like, you know, I thought about like, cause she has like this Nespresso machine yeah. and she has like all these different little Adorable. cups that go with yeah. it and a drawer. And I'm like thinking of like all of these videos she could be doing of like opening the drawer, popping it into the, you know, the aesthetic yeah. thing. And she's like, wow, I've like thought about that. And as we talk later on, you know, we're talking about the kind of like what we're talking about now, like yeah. the differences between like, I'm married with kids and she is single and Mm -hmm. she's got really cool parts of her that like, I'm like, man, I kind of miss that, you know, just that, that vibe. Mm -hmm. And, and then she's over there like, you know, it's kind of lonely over here, you know? And I have to kind of humble myself in those ways too of like, you know, there's stuff that she's seeking and, you know, comparison is the thief of joy for sure. Always, And we always think like, Oh, the grass is greener over here, Everybody. and it's not. Yeah. No, and so um, I now I'm feeling. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I love you so much. You, I, I have so many single friends, and I think that that there's a reason for that. Yeah, that there you have these moments where you're just like that, just this like the pit of loneliness, mm-hmm. and I want you to know that. You know, you aren't alone, and I know yeah. you know that. But sometimes it's nice to hear it from yeah. someone else. I'm gonna cry. Yeah. <laughs> you aren't alone, yeah. and he does have someone for you. I'm not not calling it out there. I haven't really prayed about it that much. But She's like, and if you're listening, yes, <laughs> yes. drop your details. Just yeah. kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah. Any single fellas out there, you gotta love the Lord, girl. You better uh, love boy. him. You better love him. Yeah, you gotta love him yeah. wholeheartedly. We talked about that speed dating thing. Oh my gosh, I love it. Honestly. Like if you don't speak, if you don't pray in tongues, uh, we're just dead. don't even sit down. You know what I mean? It's, it's it's just gonna freak you out, and I don't have time. Uh, but yeah, I I felt like the Holy Spirit wants you to really know that that yeah. you are never alone, even in those moments where you do feel like, and I'm sure you have those moments where oh, you're yeah. sitting there and you're just like, gosh. Yeah. Lord, like, come on now. Yeah. You're like every Christmas, New Year's, and major holiday when everyone's <laughs> getting engaged. Yeah. Or people are making their like, and it's funny because, um, like, talking about it now is not as, uh, right. doesn't feel as like traumatic as right. it maybe did right. in like my mid 20s. You yes. know, when you hit that age where literally everyone you know 
yeah. is getting engaged and like doing the house thing and doing the, and you're just like over here, like crying mm, yourself to sleep. This has been great, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and the thing is like, I've, I can't like, I've dated people who were right. great. Yeah. It's just, I'm not looking for the thing that just, you know, so I don't have to be by myself or I don't have to be like single anymore or any That's of those so, things. So good. For I you just have. want, you know, when you've seen it done, the way only God can do it. And I say that like a lot of the people that I've dated and that I, and my friends even who have dated people and it hasn't worked out, they've gone on to get married to someone and it's like amazing and fantastic and all the things. And you're like, Oh, it makes perfect sense why it didn't work out and like all the stuff. And it's, it's not, I think sometimes to, to, to that point, like two things, you're exactly right. Because everybody kind of has their own thing because if you're sitting in my seat, you're just like, Gosh, everyone around me is already like to this, even, even if it wasn't about like, you know, like sometimes I feel lonely and sometimes I'm like, gosh, it'd be nice to do this with someone, um, you know, ministry and stuff like that. It'd be nice to like have a partner in that and to be able to like do those kind of things. And I'm sitting over here thinking be even beyond that of just like, you know, being able to go forward and like do a lot of different things that you really just can't, um, you know, you know, I don't want to say can't yeah. do when you're single, but you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the things yeah. that you want to do and you, all those kind of things, you can't do that. And I, you know, you're over here on the single side and you're like, Oh, it would just, I would just give anything to be in that person's shoes. And that person's over there, you know, and they're married with kids and they're losing themselves and they yeah. feel like, Lord, do you, who even am I besides yeah. a wife and a, and a mother yes. or a husband and a father? Who am, who even am I? Like, have I even That's pursued exactly dreams of my own yeah. or the callings that you have in your life? And then you have those people looking at the single people being like, just do everything you want to do. And all the single people being like, shut up, you know, like I'm tired of doing everything. I don't want to grow anymore, you know? And so it's like, it's you crazy. have, everybody has their yes. own their own struggle of like what that looks like to walk by faith through those times, because both are a gift, honestly, like to the church and to the body of believers and to each other. Like we Mm. are a gift to each other. Uh, There have been friends of mine that I have been able to be there for that. I know that if I was married and doing my own thing, Mm. I would not have been able to be there for And I'm not saying that the Lord, one of the like key scriptures for me, um, Psalm 84, that whole passage, honestly, but there's a, a portion of scripture where it says, he withholds no good things from those who walk uprightly. Mm. And I just, for me, that was so revelatory over the last like three to four years yeah. of just like, there is a lie sometimes that can creep in um, to your mind that the Lord just, everybody else gets this thing that's great and that you desire and all that, but you don't. And that is the struggle sometimes of like walking by faith is that it's going to test your ability to who do you know more than what I feel and more than the situation that I'm facing. Do I know his character? Do I know who he is? And I think like that's the thing that we take away from that story, even the the story at the beginning of Jesus being in the boat. And then I think the part that makes him a little like, I don't want to say like catty, but kind of like <laughs> being like, do you not think? Because he had revealed himself in yeah. so many ways um, through miracles and signs and wonders. And even even his very first meeting with his disciples where he's like, no, just go cast the, cast the net out on the other side one more time. And they literally had almost sunk their boat, you know? Yeah. And he's like, 
did you not think that I could? Because it's it's this moment of that you're that all of us are going to come to, and that's the thing is like you're going to keep coming to it over and over because as much as we all like to think, I have I am at the ultimate level of faith. Like I believe so much in God. I'm never going to have to think about that ever again. It just feels like every time that you've mastered a moment and you've, you know, made yourself come into line with the spirit, then you're like, yes, my faith is amazing. You walk up to something that's even bigger and even harder. And it seems even more impossible. Mm -hmm. And it really is just him. That faith walk is more you figuring out how to remember and how to hold on to more than your your senses and more than like what I see with my eyes mm. is who do I know that he is? Yeah. Because if they had stopped for a second in the middle of, I know what was a crazy storm and being on the ocean, I've seen some of the things, I mean, obviously it was the sea, whatever, but I've seen some of the waves that happen in like, you know, when there's storms whipping up and like, it's scary. And I can't even imagine what it was like back then when they didn't have electricity on boats and like all the things. So there was like nothing. It was, it was just, literally just like wood. Literally terrifying. <laughs> and you know, it was like creaking and all this worse than the Titanic, like the, A million the thing that Rose was worse. on that yeah. had room for him, you know? <laughs> she should have made room. But we can come back to that. Uh, honestly, though, unpopular yeah. opinion, but yeah. that is the truth. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, you, you have to know that they were, they really were terrified. But I think even in that moment, he was just. And it was just another nudge of them just to be like, but, but remember who I am though. Mm -hmm. You know, do you not think that I, you've seen the things that I've done. Mm -hmm. You've been walking with me. You, no one's seen me more up close than you have. Do you not think I can handle this? And I know that sometimes that's what he's leaning into us and saying is, you know, remember all those times and all those, that's what the importance of testimony is that it's good to keep in front of you what God's done because it builds your faith. Mm-hmm. And it's good to to share those testimonies with one another because we build each other's faith yeah. because he really is that faithful. He really is that good. And even if I feel like I'm in the middle of something that feels like it's never going to be fixed, if he who promised is faithful and he, and if he is good for any of his word, he's good for all of it. That's, that's the crux of his nature. And that's the, if you read in the word, if he's good for any of it, he's got to be good for all of it because he can't be lying about parts of who he is. He can't tell us that he, he can't lie about himself and then lie about himself. You know what I mean? The, who he sets yeah. up as his character and reveals himself to be through his word is who he is. And so, you know, we walk into these seasons of our life where we can face unimaginable obstacles and storms and trials or whatever word you want to like put on it. And it may not always seem or look like what we thought it was going to. And we may not see him like we thought we were going to see him. And he may not do it the way we would do it, but he's always doing it. You know, that's the thing is even in the middle of my doubt and my struggle to believe he's working. He is not impeded by my ability to have a plan in the middle of all of it. And even in, even in like being single and this struggle to like figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. And what does this look like when I feel like you've given me all these different things I'm passionate about? There's no one job that encompasses all of those. I wish you would just give me, I've, I've had, <laughs> that had so that conversation <laughs> with the Holy spirit of being like, why can't I just like be a doctor, you know, like where yeah. I just like put everything in the, and he's like, you know, even, even people who are doctors have other passions, even, That's true. you know, I, I'm not going to allow you. i believe we reflect his nature because we are made in his image and he's not one thing. He's yeah. so many things. And I think that a lot of times we find ourselves 
to be that too. You know, we are so many things and we're going to be passionate about so many things and there's calling in our lives for so many things. And as you just follow him, you get to see more and more and more of that. And no, you're probably not going to ever get to do one job that does all the things, but that's okay. He doesn't need it to be a role that's already defined for him to do it through you. My thing is like, I've got like 40 tabs open. Can we like... (laughs) Can we take it down to like 20, 25 maybe? Like, could we? Could we just close a few of these? (laughs) And it's, I mean, it really is. Like, it's a process of that trust walk is not an easy one. I won't ever tell anybody that it is, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it when I say it. Like, you're going to need to probably, if you're in the middle of that, don't be afraid to have the frank conversation with the Lord. The biggest breakthroughs of my life in my personal walk with Jesus, especially as an adult, like out of the teenage years and like the emotional highs of like camp and like all the things you get into adulthood and things get real, real quick, you know, like all your decisions feel like they're going to affect the rest of your life that you make. When you get into those moments, the biggest breakthroughs and the times when I feel like I've learned so much about him in such a short amount of time, it's come on the other side of me being brutally honest. And we give people in Scripture a lot of flack for that. But the reason I think that David is described, part of the reason that I believe he's described as a man after God's own heart, Mm -hmm. is because if you read in the Psalms, some of the time those Psalms start out in a real low place. You know, he'll start with being like, yes, you're amazing, all these things. And he immediately goes into like, please choke out my enemies. Like, (laughs) make them die the most horrible death in the world. Like, it's descriptive and graphic sometimes. And you're like... I don't know if you're operating in love. You know what I mean? And and then he he always brings it around to like, but I know you, I know who you are, and I trust in who you are. And the, that is such a powerful— That's true. Such a powerful moment in your relationship with the Lord. And you think about—I always come back to kids, not that I have them, but because I have nephews. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to act out and be like wild, it's usually when they're home with their mom. And, you know, like if they're, they can be having like the worst day ever. And then I show up and they're like perfect angels, you know? Yeah. And some of that is because I believe your kids, when they feel the safest, they can yeah. really just kind of like all the things that they're feeling. Mask. Yeah. They don't have to feel like they need to keep it together. If they're scared, they can come and just be scared. If they're feeling out of sorts, they can just be out of sorts. And they know you still love them. That's and more true. than that, they trust that you're going to direct them and keep them safe and keep them on, on, on point with where they're supposed to be going. You're not going to allow them to to act on anything that's going to bring them harm or anything like that. You're going to have answers. Mm. And I feel like that's what the Lord is waiting for with us a lot of times. He's not looking for you to be praying this like eloquent King James Version prayer when really what you need to say is like, Lord, I'm scared. I'm scared and I don't understand and I don't see the way. And I'm really trying and maybe I shouldn't be help. Yeah. I'm crying <laughs> a puddle on the floor. Amen. Yeah. And that can be, that is a prayer. Yeah. That's an honest prayer. And there is so much that God can do with an honest prayer and a, and a heart that's broken before Him and just not afraid to be real. Mm. And that is, I think, more than anything else, and I'm not talking about the kind of like being authentic and raw that's like trendy or whatever and like doing it to to be a, some kind of th- to check some kind of box about like not being the typical Christian. I'm talking about like legitimately having a relationship with the Lord that's real. That's not just fake and it's not just for when people are paying attention and it's not just you saying that I cuss at God in my prayers just so that you can. I'm talking about you having a relationship with the Lord that's so comfortable and and just legitimate that when you are feeling afraid, you stop thinking that I need to try to tough it out. And you start saying, hey, Holy wow. Spirit, I feel afraid. What's this about? 
And can you help me? Because wow. he will always answer those questions. That's he will good. always reveal, you know, he wants to be known so much more than we think. Well, and I think we, gr- we grow up in this mentality, um, especially when we're not in um, like a, like a home where you're in a home of believers. Yeah. Like um, we like to compare God to a per- to like a regular human person. Yeah. yeah. And so like, if we've been raised by someone that, might not be <clears throat> emotionally mature, like mm-hmm. um, very open or safe to go yeah. to. Will mm-hmm. we tend to think that that's God too? Yeah, and we're like, well, I don't want to go to God because mm-hmm. you know he'll it's be uncomfortable. mad at me. Yeah, he'll be, he'll mad be disappointed. At me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll send me to my room. Yeah, you know? he's gonna think I'm not. I'm not trying. Yeah, yeah, and um, and God's not like that mm-hmm. whatsoever. Ooh. I mean, it. He's everything that you could ever dreamed of, mm-hmm. have dreamed of as yeah. a parent. Yep. Like the parent that you, I, sometimes whenever I'm parenting my kids, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm parenting them in a way that I would have wanted to be yeah. parented, yeah. you know? Yeah, there's so much about, the Lord is just so much better than people give Him credit for, yeah. even myself. You know, when you've known Him a long time, you think like, I have a, an accurate, and you don't. Yeah. We don't. Like, we, we're catching glimpses of Him. I mean, really, we're catching glimpses of Him all of the time. And for your whole life, you'll be catching glimpses of him because we couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. If he, even a, like a tenth of who he is would be enough to smooth take us out. I mean, and I mean dead, like just, you would die from the glory yeah. alone. But it's like <laughs> glimpses of who he is that you're seeing all, yeah. all of your life long. And every time you think like, I know him from this angle, I was at a, I was at a retreat and I heard a guy who's this prolific songwriter, just incredible. And he was just talking about how everyone comes to this moment where in songwriting, cause this is something that I've even struggled with is like, Lord, there are a million people writing songs. Why do you need me to do it too? Why am I supposed to be doing so any of the things? You know what I mean? Yes. There's already people doing it and they're great at it. Yeah. You know? So why me? Oversaturated. Uh, yeah. It's oversaturated. <laughs> and also this is scary. <laughs> so I don't really want to. And and I was sitting there in this place where I I was still feeling like, I don't even know if I belong here. Mm. And he literally said, he said, you know, it's funny is that you hear everyone struggles with that. He said, every single person here has thought, I don't know what I could add to this conversation. I don't know why, why do you even need my songs? Why do you even give me songs, Lord? Mm. Yeah. And he said, everybody is just a different piece of window for his light to shine through. Mm. And everybody's window has different shapes and colors and dust and markings and it shines different through every window and he said in every single time that you think you've learned everything you can about god through this one way of looking through the window he turns the prism of who he is a little bit and suddenly everything changes what you see even changes just a little bit even just the tiniest yeah. and i was just like in that moment i don't know if anybody else in the room was like having this moment but i was having this like existential moment of like oh my gosh it makes sense and yeah. i'm like like fighting tears Beautiful. like scribbling notes and like all this stuff because it was such a revelation to me of like oh again this isn't about me this isn't about me this is about you yeah. and if and if everything even like this podcast for you even if I, the Lord just really, he stirred me a few years back about leading worship because, you know, like I love leading worship. I've done it for so many years now. It's the place where I feel like I, I'm really breathing. Like, like for tell. me, it's the place that I, I, when I'm leading worship, I literally feel like this is what I was made for. Yeah. And that's like a really overwhelming 
like feeling, but it's like such a freeing thing. It can be terrifying, but it's also like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And just keep me right here, Lord, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go. I just want to stay right here as long as I can. And I had that moment when I was, especially when I was in that stage of like trying to figure out how do I operate a team? How do I like bring other people with me? How How do I make this not just my personal worship? How do I, how do I take people with me to where you've taken me, where we've gone, you know, how do I bring and all these things where it had to stop being about the response of anybody in the room. It had to start being about if I was listening to where he was going and where he was leading me and I was trying to move on his heart, Mm. if there was even one person, if there was even one person who he revealed himself to through that worship set, then that was enough. Yeah. If I led worship for all of my life and only one person ever saw Jesus clearly because of me being faithful, it would be worth it. And it's, I feel like it's the same for every single one of us who are doing ministry. If even one person sees Jesus more clearly because of what you're doing, then it was worth it. Because the currency of heaven is souls. The currency of heaven is people. Nothing is ever going to matter to God more than that. And so everything else is just me trying to like get in the flow of what he's doing. And he gives me good gifts to use and to be used by him. Mm-hmm. And that stepping into trust is really not as big a step as we think it is because mm-hmm. he gave them. Why wouldn't he know exactly how to use them and purpose them through us? Yeah. Yeah. And he's not stepping on beyond beyond like your capabilities through him. A hundred percent, he's probably asking you to do something that's beyond your personal capability in your own, <laughs> but never what he can do through you. We're, you're never out of bounds with that. And well, so we always want to just like put our toe in the water. 100%. Well, really, we just need to dive in. We just need to jump in and be like, yeah. okay, wherever you want to go. And to that point, like the Lord, I feel, I feel he meets people where they are ready to be met by him. Mm-hmm. And what you were talking about parenting, like, I think that's why God uses so many people in so many different capacities and giftings and stuff like that, because not everybody is ready to come listen to a sermon in a church. Not everybody is ready to see God as a father because their father was not there or their father was actively terrible. That's putting it really lightly. I've talked to kids in youth group that, I mean, every single adult person in their life they should have been able to trust has horrifically failed them. And for them, it's almost traumatic for you to call God a father, a good father, because they don't even know what that is. Yes. People that agree. Yeah. And so God for them reveals himself as a, as a good friend. God for him, for them reveals himself as someone who who just loves you and isn't here to to like make you feel bad about every single mistake that you make. Does that mean that God isn't convicting you? No. It means that his conviction comes through love. And there's a standard in him just as much as there's grace in him. And I've just watched him slowly unfold his nature to people until they they get more and more and more of who he is, and myself included in that. I had a great dad. So seeing God as a father for me is like the most natural thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Graduating to the point in the last couple of years that it's been really staggering for me to know how uncomfortable I was with the idea that God really does delight in me so much that he wants to do good things in and through me just because he can and just because he knows I'll love it. Mm-hmm. That's a really weird place for me to get to. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, like I have I'm a very I I always want to take care of other people. Yeah. I'm a to very Same. classically like older sibling. Um I just always was the mom of my friends, like all that kind of stuff. And for me, it's super easy for me to want to do something if other people are gonna benefit. Like Are you an Enneagram too? <laughs> 
me too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, you literally, it's Twinsies. like if, if somebody else is going to gain from the 100%. <clears throat> mm-hmm. But the idea that God could ever look at me and, and think so much of me and love me so much that he's just like, what can I do today that's just going to make you see yourself a little bit more the way I see you yeah. has been really overwhelming for me. And I've had... I have had so many like moments where I've just been blown away by that, that I didn't even know how uncomfortable I was seeing God as like this person who loves me as more than just his daughter, but like as, as a best friend, as someone he's pursuing maybe. And, and I'm like, you know, like sitting here having these moments where I'm just like, I thought I was just, he's like, "Hmm, it's just something else we're working on. You know, when because, he blushes you, in yeah, some way and you're just like, I wasn't expecting that. When it's like, you know, that moment of like, I, like I said, I had great parents. My parents were just incredible. And it's not, I don't say that to be braggadocious about like my situation. <laughs> braggadocious. I, say, I say that to be like, <laughs> wow, because they both, you know, they got married young. They had every reason in the book to not be great parents. And they, they really just worked super hard to lean into the Lord to teach them how to parent and to teach them how to love each other. And we reap the benefits. I mean, truly. And so like that on that front, it was like not hard for me to ever see a parent as someone who would do amazing, like loving, sacrificial things for me because they they loved me as my mom or my dad, you know? So seeing God as someone who would give me things because I was such a good daughter and like, mm-hmm. you know, that made sense. But seeing God as someone who looked at me with so much love and affection that it was like a relationship, like he wanted to do things for me that based on things that only he knew dreams that I hadn't whispered to anyone else. And I had never like mentioned to anyone and really hadn't even allowed myself to dwell on because I thought, you know, that's just too much. It's too big. It's too, you know, it's too much about me that him for him to come around years later, I had a moment a couple of years ago where I was sitting in a situation and someone said something and something just a, a whole situation like happened and I'm like sitting and I'm trying to be present in the situation and literally the Holy Spirit's whispering to me, do you remember when you first saw this moment that's happening right now, but you thought it was too much to ask for? I went ahead and did it for you just because I love you that much. And I'm sitting there and it's like a really normal moment for everyone else in the room. And I'm like fighting tears because I felt so seen. And when you feel like, you know, like, Lord, I know that there's someone that you have for me. I know that getting married is something that I want. I know that I want to be in ministry with that person. I want to be with somebody who's going to push. We're both going to push further into what you're doing. And that's been a sincere like dream of mine, um, even beyond that. But to have like this moment where you're being told very specifically, I did not forget you. And in fact, I see you way more than you think, way more than you're even asking me to see you. That is where those moments and being able to just sort of like build an altar almost in those moments of like, I don't want to forget when you told me that. I don't want to forget what you did right here because there are so many days when I do have to trust and I do need to remember what you did. And just like Jesus being being probably very abruptly woken from his sleep, <laughs> he's like just, just chilling, just straight, like yeah. peaceful, probably having the best sleep ever. And they're like, ah, you know, like, can you please wake up very abruptly? And he's just like, do you not remember? Like, do you not? You've been with me all this way. And those moments, I want to be able to turn around and, and see those places where I've built altars of remembrance so that I don't forget 
that he has seen me all this time. He has taken care of me all this time. There's the place where he came through for me financially. There's the place where he reminded me of who I am. There's the place where he showed me that I really am truly and deeply loved by him and the people he's put in my life. Like all those places, all those things are really important to look back. And um, that's something he's convicted me of as I've gotten older is don't allow those those pieces and parts of your testimony to get far away from your language. Those need to stay. Those need to stay reminding yourself. Remind your soul to bless me. Remind your soul that I'm good, that I'm faithful, that I'm a provider, because He really is. And I borrow from other people's testimonies, too. If I can tell somebody else's story of how God followed through and, and just came through in the biggest, craziest way— it builds my faith when I tell that. It's not it doesn't have to be my testimony for it to build my faith. Yeah. And there's just so much freedom in that. And I mean, I feel like I could talk all day about that. <laughs> and it's really funny because when you first were like, you know what? What about trusting the Lord? I was thinking like, eh, I mean, I trust the Lord, you know. And then the longer <laughs> I sat with it, and he started like just dropping things on me of like, hey, do you remember this? And hey, do you remember that? I was like, okay, I get it. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and it's but it's true. Like he really is so good. And if you ever stop. And intentionally have these these conversations and intentionally seek out with another person or in the word or ask the Holy Spirit, you find out, <laughs> you find yourself at the end of the conversation, it's all come back around to like how good he is, how faithful he is. Yeah. Don't you remember all, all those time. things he's done? You know what I mean? I never leave a podcast going, gosh, <laughs> man, that was a toughie. You know, like at the beginning, I'm like, whew, this might be a little hard. Yeah. And then at the end, I'm like, Shh, man, yeah. you could not knock me down for nothing. <laughs> I'm going to punch the devil in the face. Literally. Like I'm if I could just stomp him on the ground. Like he's going down today. I mean, literally, literally though. But I mean, I even think about you, like meeting you. I, I had known of you even before I met you in person. Yeah. I had kind of known of you too. And so it was like, you know, meeting you in person. You were exactly who I thought you were going to be. Aww. Just like very like warm and like bubbly and like very like but it's you know then that's such a compliment because not everyone's like that and so then on top of it to watch you even in that weekend when i met you like the lord speaks such specific Mm -hmm. things over you and the holy spirit to just pinpoint you because he's done that to me even in the last couple of years i can think of like a few major times he's done that to me and it felt like can you really even be this good? Like, can you even, like, you're just like, oh my gosh. It's like all the answers to questions of years of questions in a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to remind myself, even like sitting there watching that happen with you. It was reminding me of all those times you'd done that for me. And I knew that feeling of that overwhelming feeling that you had to be feeling when it was just like, holy moly. Like, it was just like, it almost feels like sometimes when he does stuff the way only he can, and he really does. It's not a cliche when people say, you can pray for decades and the Lord can do it in a day. I mean, really. That's why His timing is perfect. His ways are higher than mine. And really, you can think, I've gone six months without a job, Lord. How on earth am I going to find the perfect thing? And Him literally, in two texts, end me up in the place where He wanted me to launch me, not to to stay there, but to launch me into the next thing. You know, it was never on—I don't think it was ever on His timeline for me to be there forever. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing. Like for me, that was the answer that I needed in that, yeah. in those two texts that was, he saw me and that's what I knew. And I had no idea that in two years he was going to ask me to move in faith to something else yeah. and something else and something else. But having those moments where it feels like he shows up and literally it's like standing under a waterfall. It's like, 
all of it. It's yeah. more than just the practical answer. He follows it up with, don't you know who I've called you to be? And here's a new name that I want you to start talking about yourself. You have the gift of discernment. You have the gift of, you know what I'm saying? He starts yeah. drawing you. It's always tied to him revealing who you are because of him. And I wanted, I kind of wanted to give a backstory about that. If it got brought up, I wanted to kind Go of off, explain girl. it. Um, so that was the first time I had ever, this was a conference, um, at, uh, Joel, Joel's been on the podcast a lot. It's his, po- yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, his church, Ken- Kingdom Church, mm-hmm. him and Michelle. And, um, they did a conference and Haley was leading worship that weekend. Yes. And, uh, they had some people from Bethel come in from California and it was just a really great weekend. Mm-hmm. And we learned a lot. Like yeah. I, this was my first, I just to, just to, preface this for you because I think my audience knows this pretty well is that like I was raised uh, my family didn't really go to church Mm -hmm. Uh, my sister and I would go to church like with friends and Mm -hmm. people from school and stuff and uh, Baptist Catholic like the very reserved um, denominations and so this has been very new for me to be very open to the Holy Spirit and uh, I mean new as in like the last two three years yeah and that weekend was the first time I've ever been prophesied over. Mm-hmm. The guy from Bethel, yeah, he, um, he. So we did this little exercise where we went and spoke with someone that we didn't know, and yeah. uh, we. He kind of gave this example of like whenever you want to receive a word from the Lord for someone, think of like an object, like an animal or a car, mm-hmm. and kind of. Of course, receive that from the Holy Spirit, pray about it, and think of the animal and then give that to that person. Yeah. Are you remembering yeah. this now? Okay. 100%. So I have it recorded on my phone. <laughs> I went back to the live stream and I screen like, recorded I'm just it. Go yeah. And yeah. This. yeah. Um, and uh, what was her name? Uh, Skylar's Bailey. Uh, wife. Bailey. Bailey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bailey. Oh, love her so much. I will never forget this. Um, I. I did hers, which was really cool because I think it was exactly what she needed at that time. Mm-hmm. And then hers for me was a, an owl. And in that time, I was really, really needing, um, I was really, really needing to be prophesied over. Let me just tell you that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and I had I been, I, and I had really been asking him. Yeah. Um, I'm not the type of person to say, Lord, I want to receive from you this weekend. Like, Lord, yeah. give me something for someone else. And that weekend, Joel actually said something in a message like the week before, and he was like, I want you guys to be praying to receive from the yeah. Lord this weekend, not to, I mean, of course, whatever yeah. he wants to give you um, for someone else, but I want you to really pray about receiving right. because he wants to give you stuff. Yeah. And so um, she explained that it was, she was seeing an owl and that the owl, head was swiveling Mm -hmm. and that I needed to receive the Lord had so much wisdom Mm -hmm. to give me, but I was not, um, I, I, my head was swiveling too much in too many directions, worried about other things. And I mean, that is me to a T like (laughs) completely me Mm -hmm. to a T, especially in that time. Um, and so I'm standing there and I'm just like in tears and I'm like, Bailey, thank you so much. You know, the Lord, thank you so much. And I, Go back in the, he asked for testimonies. Yeah. And he's like, does anybody want to share? And I immediately was just, and I've always kind of been that type of person. Like I sang my whole life. I was on stage mm-hmm. and like the 
that just doesn't bother me. Yeah. And so I grabbed the microphone and I'm like, here's mine. Yeah. And I'm like, Bailey um, received a word from the Lord that is, that she was, that I'm an owl and that I have my head swiveling and all of these things. And then he continues to prophesy over me after that. Yeah. Um, about, I can't remember exactly right this second, but it had a lot to do with like um, owl seeing in the dark. Mm. And that I have a gift of being able to really see someone for yeah. who they are and what they truly need, yeah. um, and that and that is something that I've always been able to do. Yeah. Um, you know, people that are always like, "I can read you like a book," yep. like I've just met you, and that that is yeah. something that I've always been gifted with. But I had never really thought about it in the way that he said, and something yeah. about um, being able to see and guide like underprivileged people and all of these things, and. Um, then <laughs> we're leaving the conference yeah. and you come up to me and you're like, hey, I got something for you. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> there's more Lord. All right. Okay. Well, a week passes by. Yeah. I'm, well, I messaged you yeah. that night because I was like, if I don't message her now, I will forget. And, and um, then you messaged me and I and then, <laughs> did forget. Listen, listen. So then a week passes by and you're I'm like, like, hey, Haley, so you know, she is, I'm still here. You know, I'm raising my hand. I even texted Hannah and I was like, what should I do? Because I told her that you told Blow me. Blow my phone up. Always. Yeah. yeah. She said, um, I, I was like, I'm going to send her a gif that's like, um, like waiting, you know, like tapping the watch, you know, because we had really known each, we didn't yeah. know each other that well. And I was like, I don't want to like make her think I'm just this like, you know, over the top, <laughs> which I am. I'm over the top. Aren't we? But all? yeah. And she goes, no, like send her like 10 in a row because it'll be funny. And so I sent like, I even sent one where like this kid was like swinging on the swing and just like drooping down, like waiting. <laughs> it was and, so like, funny too. SpongeBob two hours as later. As soon as you started sending them, I was like, oh crap. <laughs> I was literally just like, oh, completely. well, and like for context, like I led Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday oh. night, and then I went to church Sunday morning and then I led Sunday night. So it was like, I was on service five that like Sunday night. And I told myself tomorrow I'm going to send her the message. And then I should have known better because Sunday just wipes me all the way out. So Monday rolls around, Monday rolls around and I feel like I'm just in a fog of like all the Lord did. And also so tired. Yeah. And then the week started. And so anyway, when my phone started going off, I was like, Oh my, okay. (laughs) Oopsie. Yeah, literally. (laughs) It's okay. It's totally fine. But I didn't need to get it right then. Maybe I needed it. It He wanted you to marinate on the other things. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Which you said, is that okay? Yeah. Uh, Well, first you were laughing at my gifs. (laughs) Dying. And you said, yes, girl. (laughs) You said, just wanted to tell you that last week when you were being prayed over, I felt the Holy Spirit say he was going to give you, uh, gift you in discernment that you will carry a specific gifting to see clearly what is true. He impressed on me to encourage you to get lost in his word, to fall in love with it, to make it the loudest voice in your life. It will function as your source and guide to a deep spiritual formation of knowledge. He will reveal himself to you through his word and his spirit in such a way that it won't make sense to others that he was your only teacher. Wanted you to know that God is up to something in your life, girl, lean on that. And I had a message you back. I won't read that. I mean, there's nothing awful about it, but (laughs) I'm just, you know, saving time. Um, You said, I feel specifically it will be used in an outward manner, bringing clarity to people around you. Don't be surprised as he prepares you that moments arise for you to step out in faith. Also, just for me, you're gorgeous and fabulous and strike me as a pure (laughs) sunlight. And I'm so thankful to have gotten to finally meet you. Yeah, I had to add that in there. Uh, (laughs) It's all true. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. And that... 
first of all, it convicted me because, you know, we're never in the word as much as we should be. And um, in that time frame, it was heavy on my heart that I needed to be in the word a lot more than I was, like not a 15 minutes a day type thing, Mm -hmm. like more so like really studying. And I love, I love learning about the Bible. I love scripture. I love all those things. But when you're a young mom, just trying to keep your head above water, it's like, where am I going to find time to do that? Like, I'm trying to learn the drums, man. You know, like you <laughs> I'm want, trying to be Barlow girl. I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to glorify you through the drums, Literally. okay? Through Barlow girl, and that was um, a conviction that I really, truly needed to hear. Of you know, like he has so much to give me. I'm just not giving him the opportunity to give it. And when I am in the Word and I'm saturated in the Word, that owl that swivels, it's not swiveling so yeah. much anymore. It's just yeah. like direct, you know. And um, so thank you for that. It trains your focus for sure. Yeah. And it was really funny because, and not to like jump in on it, but like when you were in that night, I like, I was going to tell you that night and then a million things happened and I was like, I'll just, I'll send it to her later. Yeah. But it was, it was like very clear to me the things that he was saying when, when you were being prophesied over. And it was just, it was so, I love when the Lord moves like that. And I love, this is why I believe so much in the in the gifts of the mm, spirit at work in same. the church and the body still um yeah. not everyone does and yeah. that's a separate discussion but i don't know why he would ever tie his hands up to not Mm-mm. make himself known to people more clearly i mean the What's the purpose of the yeah the and the purpose of gifts is to edify the believer and to draw the unbeliever that's exactly yeah. what jesus did all during his ministry anyway yeah. a whole other discussion but like as you're being prophesied over and it was just like you know i i know that feeling that feeling of just being like oh my gosh like it's like you're reading my diary <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like the lord he just knows and he knows yeah. what you need to hear and how you need to hear it and he was just like revealing all this to me and it was really it's always funny because for a long time I would second guess, like when the Lord would give me a word for someone. Me too. Because discernment's been a big part of my life as well. Like, yeah. you know, some of that I believe the Lord gifted me because I was, I grew up a pastor's kid. And I think it was, if I, if he gave me the ability, the ability, blessed me with the ability to kind of like see people as they were, it made it less likely that I was going to get bitter if they disappointed me, you yeah. know, or any of those kind of things. I know that or sounds like a weird up in the church. You might've seen some people using it, um, falsely. Yeah. yeah it, and so you wanted it was to make a lot sure of, it, yeah, I think yeah. there was just a lot of reasons that he decided that, you know, yeah. that was something that, and it, but I haven't always felt comfortable, like saying that that's what it was until the last probably five or six years. Yeah. And just like knowing that I, there, if there are things that the Lord can tell me or I can know it, it, it doesn't make sense that I could just know those. It yeah. has to be him at work, you know? Yeah. And so anyway, I'm I not, I'm very comfortable. Yeah. I'm very comfortable with being able to say like, look, this ain't on me. If this ain't it, cause I'm just trying to do what the Holy Spirit said. And he convicted me not too long ago, say not too long ago, about three years ago, just being like, it doesn't cost you anything to release the words that I give you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if all your, all you feel is a little bit scared that you might miss it and be a little embarrassed, what's worth more? Because if even one person, yeah. you nail it and they know me more. It's worth it. Just back to what I said earlier. And in all these different perspectives. Anyway, it was so funny, like listening and hearing him say all the things over you because it was so specific and it was such specific language about, especially that part about it won't make sense to anybody that he was your only teacher. Because I think so many times now we have so many people who are quote unquote theologians that base everything they know about the Lord, about someone else's sermon or someone else's perspective or someone else's thing. And the real place you need to learn about the Lord is from him. 
that should be your primary learning source. It's one thing when you're first starting out in your relationship with the Lord and you're just soaking up everything everyone says all the the time. Yeah, you're watching all the things and listening so much and taking every word as like gospel truth. Um, But really, you know, what's cover to cover in the Bible is like, that's the important stuff. That's the stuff you have to build your foundation on, especially if the Lord's going to call you into places where you're going to have to call out truth and you're going to have to call out what's not the truth. And if, and if you make your foundation, and this is just a, a caution to every believer, if you build people into your foundation, do not be surprised when it crumbles because people are fallible, but God is not. That's right. And so like when he was speaking me to speaking that to me to say to you, it was like that urgency that I felt is one that I felt for myself of like, I cannot allow myself to, f- to build my foundation on any person any person or personality or or way that I like to hear people talk about Scripture. It has to be Him first. Yeah. He has to be the foundation. All the other things are great. God gifts, preachers, ministers, teachers, all that stuff. That's a, Those are spiritual giftings for the body. But I have to know Him for myself first. Yeah. And that is like, I think the thing that I was hearing so loudly for you is that really the places that God wants to send you, it's going to be so important. And, the, and even just the people He wants you to speak to and through. It, it's going to be so important that the word is what your, you know, like your basis because the word, the Bible tells us the word is alive and active, sharper than any two edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. There is nothing and no one who's going to be able to say words that are alive. Only the word is described that way. And if you release those, if you release the word into people, especially as he prompts you, it will not return void. That's what the Bible says. Like my word does not return void. And I can say a lot of great things and it'd be like, wow, that's so amazing. And even like, gosh, that's convicting. But only the word, especially words spoken in the right time, in the right place, is the most effective and potent thing for a situation ever. And it is like our standard for all things. That's, That's the problem in our world right now is that to sum it up and not to get on this because we don't have time for it, I'm sure. But like <laughs> the problem in our world is that we've gone, we've completely gone away with absolutes. We have no ability to discern what is an absolute truth. Every, when we take out in, when we slowly remove truth from our lives and absolute truth in any fashion, you've begun to watch the crumbling, the, the crumbling of, of a civilization. That's just the facts. You look at all across history, you can see it. And when you have no absolutes, People end up in despair. They end up anxious. They're depressed. They're hyper controlling. They're ADHD. They're all the things because they can't get a grip on anything real. Our current society. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have a house that's built on rock, if you build your house on sand, you should not be surprised when every storm and wave shifts the whole thing. Yes. And eventually, it'll crack down right down the middle. It does not matter how good you built the house if the foundation is junk. And that is like what I felt like he was saying, all those words to say to you of like, whatever else you add to it, I don't need anything added to this foundation. That has to be the thing that you're built on. And if that's the thing you're built on, the amount of discernment that God will be able to use you for other people, because there are so many people who are not gifted. They're gifted in other ways. And they like need someone to come by with a word in season That's right. of discerning. That's right. Helping them see things for what they are. And I and myself, I've benefited, you know, we you know as well yeah. as I do, that you can see that for other people. Sometimes you're so blind for yourself. And so like having true, genuine voices that have the gift, the spiritual gift of discernment, the spiritual gift of knowledge in people's lives are so, and even more important, I think, as we go forward, it's going to be very, very important that those people are at work in the body, 
just like prophets, just like evangelists. We need the true like giftings of the spirit in the church again, because there's so much stuff that's almost truth that it's, but it's just enough of a lie that it's the enemy's way of like weaseling his way through the door that we're going to have to start having people who do not apologize for letting the word be their anchor and, and building everything else around that, everything else. And that's, I really believe that's what, that's what he's setting you up to do. And not to like go off on the podcast, but like, that's legitimately, that's what I feel like that's, that's where he's taking you. And that's a high calling and a high calling requires really, really solid foundation. You cannot shoulder it if you're not doing it from and through him. And that's, you know, like even for me leading worship, there are times, and that's going to sound weird. And I, and I never wanted to be like the hyper spiritual person, but there are times when I hear songs and people even tell me like, I love this song so much. It's amazing. Like all the things and I, I can't speak to the songwriters and I can't speak to the artists or anything like that, but something in the song doesn't sit right with me. And I'm, I'm happy for you to enjoy it for what it is. But if the Lord prompts me to not, I ain't. I carry a weight for me in leading a body of believers into the presence of God that I have to carry that with a lot of reverence for what that means. And if I'm, especially with young believers, so much about lyrics and songs and melodies carries theology for them. And I'm not going to give them language that's false. And so there, and there's, and I'll be honest, I'm not like some big, amazing, like storied songwriter at this point, but I've been in rooms even already um, with people that I think have really genuine intentions, but have been led astray and have been fed false truth and they've, they've bought it. And I've just, I've had to nonchalantly be like, mm, can we change that to something that's a little more scriptural? Not that, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it is in some ways, you know, the, I believe the Lord is more than capable to help us in our ignorance, but uh, he anoints people like he's anointing you to be truth holders and to be people who hold up the truth and say like, you know, for all the things that we do, we need to make sure it's lining up with the word first. We need to make sure that we're viewing the world through this through this lens of who He is in Scripture, who He says He is, not who we've decided we have enlightened ourselves to know who He is. And so that's so true. And when um, I when I first started this podcast, it was definitely that. Like sometimes I will re-listen to ones like the first few, you know, and yeah. I'm cringing at some of the things that I've said. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I hope I don't lead any, and they're not horrible, like it's not like complete heresy, but there are things that are just like, (laughs) you know, just like opinions that are just kind of like, I should have really backed that up for scripture. I really should have prayed about that before I said that. And um, there's moments where I ask the Lord, I'm like, should I just like completely wipe that clean from Spotify? (laughs) You know, that way like nobody- Just get rid of it? Yeah, Yeah. like that way nobody is led astray. And it's like, no, because the- the people that are listening to this podcast, they can see the growth yeah. in you. Yeah. Can, from the big first episode to this current episode, mm-hmm. they will be able to see the difference. Yep. And then from this episode to yeah. 100, they're going to mm-hmm. see a difference. Yeah. And I have to remember that because you know how like you're on Facebook and you go to your, like, your time hop and you're like, yeah. why did I post that? I think we had and this you're conversation. Like, I hate everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like 10 years ago, it's like, Kelsey is excited that homework is over. <laughs> I was like, why? Why was there why did that feel post worthy? Yeah, why, why did I even post that? Why didn't you know? say it? And 
sometimes I'm like, should I like delete that that way? Like if, you know, if anything were to happen and we like the podcast went viral, like people could yeah. search me up and be like, look at this stupid thing like, she wrote. She's so dumb. <laughs> but it's that feeling. Yeah. It's that feeling of like mm-hmm. the embar- the past embarrassment. Yeah. And I know that a lot of pastors and leaders go through this too. Mm-hmm. Um, even like, um, what's her name? She does the Bible recap. Tara Tara Lee Cobble or mm-hmm. whatever her name is. I'm probably butchering her name. But she did a podcast uh, recently. She was a guest, and she said something about how the beginning of her journey, um, you know, she would speak to crowds and, like, she would say things that really weren't um, scripturally sound like she thought they were. Mm-hmm. And then some a mentor would, like, gently kind of mm-hmm. nudge her and say, hey, you know, like, you should really look at this. Yeah. And— then as she grew, now she, I mean, look at her. She has a freaking yeah. Bible recap and yeah. a whole thing, and yeah. she's very scripturally sound. And and sometimes it, it was nice to listen to her talk about how she was embarrassed yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, because it does. I mean, uh, when you are trying to grow and you're trying to learn and you're trying to see, like, okay, you do like have these brave moments where you go back and look at some of the things that you've done or before, you know, I'm sure if I went back and looked at, especially when I first started leading worship, I'm sure I would see the fear in so much of what I did. Yeah. And I'm, and in a way it's like, Oh, I hate that for myself, but I also am proud of myself because yeah. there are some things, you know, there's, I, I said something in a sermon one time that I don't remember, so I know it was the Holy Spirit because it was way smarter than me. Yeah. And I didn't even realize I had said it until I walked into my sister's house and she had it on one of her letter boards. And I was like, oh, that's really good. She goes, you said that? And I was like, when? <laughs> She's like, in your sermon. I was like, that must have been the Holy Spirit. I do not remember that at all. And it's that I'm not responsible for the result. I'm just responsible for the motion. And God is not ever going to like grab my feet and make me do things. He is going to invite me into that. And sometimes that means when I look back, not all of my steps are going to be as perfect as I think they should be now, because I know a lot more things now than I did when I first started walking. Yeah. But I couldn't be where I am now without those first steps. I don't learn all the things if I don't start somewhere. And it's kind of like when you come alongside, that's why discipleship is so important, because you have new believers, and they want to tell everybody. And they'll tell everybody, and they'll tell their testimony, and leave the F word in like six times. And you're like... Maybe we don't say the F word like 22 times, but honestly, the great testimony. Yeah. You know, there are things that at the beginning, because we just so naturally in, in that, like that, that surge of like zeal for the Lord and like just being in love with him and like overwhelmed by his love for us that we take off and we don't get it right. Yeah. You know, and that is not to say that we're going to get it perfect ever, but we go back and we look at those things and we're like, oh, poor Haley. When she was first starting, she didn't know anything. <laughs> But the Haley that I am now in in every facet, in my relationship with the Lord, in leading any of those kind of things, I couldn't be her without 19-year-old Haley that was just terrified, you right. know, and just doing it afraid. Sometimes you just got to do it afraid. And we're, and we're leaders. Yeah. And I think that whenever, like for me personally, I don't think that I would be where I am now if I didn't start this podcast because yeah. the, the motivation behind it was leading. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you got to start somewhere, mm-hmm. so let's— let press play, yeah. you know? And I think there's even, like, a lot of—there's so much grace, even even with people that you would think, like, they're, well, they're going to give me so much flack for, like, that I got it wrong on that. But I think that people have—especially people who really genuinely love the Lord, they have so much grace for people who come back and say, like, yeah, I said that back then, but obviously I know better yeah. now. Because I think if we're really honest with ourselves, all of us have been there. Yeah. Or we just believe God was like, 
so much not what he yeah. what we found him to be through his word, what he said. Yeah. Because when you meet Jesus, you just don't know everything. You yeah. know that he saved you. You know that he set you free. You know that he's good. All you know is grace. Yeah, all you know is like, oh my gosh, I didn't know it could be like this. And so you're just out here like crazy. You yeah. know, like you're just crazy. You're telling everybody, you don't know what you're telling them, yeah. but you're telling them something. Yeah. And then you're following it up with just come to church because I don't know. You know, <laughs> it is okay to turn around and be like, you know, sometimes you don't nail it when you don't know everything, but I know better now. So I do better. And it's even, even the difference between saying like, this is my opinion on this right now. I'm not going to say this is the word. I'm going to say, this is my opinion. This is what I think. And that way, if I come back later and I say, my opinion's changed, my opinion's changed because yeah. I know more now. Yeah. And that is, that is even that I think is maturity in like your, in your walk with the Lord of like him being able to help you discern in yourself. What is what I, what I said and what's in the word and what is you just still trying to figure out what it means. Is yeah. that my opinion? And it's okay for me to say, this is just my opinion, but Here's the, don't take this as like a, this ain't going to save you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I might be wrong. Yeah, we'll is, see. This is you a know? podcast. I mean, it's but really. Full of opinions and conversations. Even and this discussion, I'm sure in five years, I would come back to this discussion and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know then what I know now. That's just it's the, very true. that's the walk of sanctification. That's the walk of every that's day right. looking more like him. That's right. And so if I don't turn around and think I've learned since then, then we have a problem, you know? That's true. Something didn't change. I and should be so, grateful of that. You really should. Of that feeling. Yeah. And you're exactly right. I think if people start listening with you at the beginning, and then it's like they're growing as yeah. you're growing. Or they listen to episode one, and then they listen to episode 56, and they're like, yeah. oh, huh, she's kind of different from those two episodes. Really, Maybe I though, should go through the whole thing. Yeah. The yeah. worship leader I am now is not... I don't even like to call myself worship leader. The worship pastor that I am now is not the one that I started with. And it's not because I am so amazing. It's because the Lord's really just been a very faithful helper, teacher, confidant, like all those things throughout my whole time. Because I've been dumb and made poor choices about so many things. And He's just been faithful to like correct and get me back on so many times that it feels like that's all we're still doing. And I forget sometimes He'll turn me around and be like, see, but see where you came from. Look at you now. Speaking of, before we end this podcast, we one thing that I wanted to talk about was Mav City. <laughs> so you have been on their one of their albums, right? Or a mm-hmm. couple? No, well, no, just one. Okay, so yeah, share that story as quickly as you possibly very quickly. Can, so my yes, because of course grumble. we definitely we just went off talking because yeah, we did. <laughs> this is what happens when you love each other. Um, and you're just like, oh, I just want to sit here for hours. Really, uh, <laughs> like part seventeen of Haley coming over <laughs> one time, and we just literally join this over. podcast with me. Just be my co-host. <laughs> uh, poor the poor people coming in would never get a word in edgewise. Yeah, um, that's probably true. Like you have to be really aggressive. Anyway, so. Back in 2020, I had been really convicted by the Holy Spirit about songwriting, and I was just kind of like, I don't even know what you want me to do. You know, literally, that was kind of my Mm -hmm. attitude about it. And uh, Maverick City was kind of really just becoming a thing. They had done a couple of in-person camps, and I was obviously just like, it's amazing and so much fun, like all the things. I'll never have it. And yeah, I had some people who know me really well and tend to operate in the way of like, you know, goading me towards what God's already been saying anyway, who had been just like, you really need to find something like you need to do, go to a camp or sign up, just try, you know? And I was just like, I just don't know. I don't think I'm ready. Like all the things, excuses, lots of excuses. Mm -hmm. And, um, at the very last, I mean, literally I submitted my application one minute before it closed. I was like, I'm not telling anyone I'm going to submit this application with one of my songs 
And I'm not telling anyone so that when I get rejected, <laughs> no one will know, yeah. you know? And then it was like a week or two later and they sent me this thing. He's like, hey, you've been accepted to the camp. Here's the details, like all the stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> so then I'm like, well, now I got to tell everyone. So I go to my first online camp with Maverick City. I've never written with other people, only just me ever. And it was like, I think there were about between 75 and 100 of us at that camp. And it was all on Zoom because, of course, the world was closed <laughs> for business. And so my very first experiences writing with people was over Zoom, which uh, I didn't know it then was apparently so much harder than writing in person. They were right, uh, but I still love it and use it all the time. I go in and the Lord just was very faithful to me the entire time. I met some of some friends that I had I made then that I'm still very good friends with now and um, ended up, I, th- I can't remember if it was the next year. Anyway, the recording they did with Upper Room, they sent all of the ones who had been to that writing camp and they were like, we really want you guys to come down and be a part of the recording, which was obviously like, heck yes. yes. Uh, especially because nobody's been doing anything for forever. You know, yeah. we've all just been stuck kind of situation. And so we go down to Dallas and they send us obviously all the recordings ahead of time so we can learn the music. And it was, it was amazing. Like, I mean, it was everything that you think it's going to be. It was just like that in the room. There were about, I think there were probably about 70 of us, maybe a few more. And then obviously Upper Room invited some of their church to be like kind of in the in the background, but it was like, it was wild. And it was at the very kind of beginning of them just sort of taking off, which is really funny because in that very first camp, they were like super, they were very, I, I can't say how much I think of them in the in the lane of like, they were very open with resources and like very just like trying to give us and, and equip us every way that they could as far as like bringing in speakers and stuff like that. I mean, they were bringing in like Israel Houghton to speak to us and like, and these like, you know, devotion times and Kirk Franklin and it was just like, <laughs> what's going on? And so, you know, it was just like, they were very much about just chasing the song and chasing the heart of the Lord and like all this stuff. So and in it to that point in that camp, they were just kind of like that very first one. They were really thrilled with how it turned out and all the stuff. And they followed basically all of us on social media, which is I didn't even really that doesn't like affect my daily life. But I had a kid walk up to me one Wednesday. It was like, Pastor Haley, Maverick City follows you on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, I think they do. Actually, he's like, no, they do. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> and I was like, OK. And he was like, they have like over a million followers. And I was like. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but they follow you. And I was like, yes, I know. I I don't know why. They just do, okay? And it was like one of those, it, it's just, it's one of those moments when I think back, it's like very surreal still because like they were all in the room with us like pre, before the recording started, you know, Brandon Lake's just walking around like eating pizza, like hanging out with us and like Chandler and like literally every person that's like now famous, you know, yeah. it was very regular and they were very, it was very much just a worship service. Our rehearsal ended up being four hours because they just straight treat, treated it like a service. And so we ended up singing for eight hours that day because the recording was over almost four hours as well. It was amazing. I've done a few other things with them um, since then. Not, you know, I, it's funny because people get it misconstrued sometimes. They're like, so you sing for Maverick City? And I'm like, no, okay. I was I'm choir. not on tour, yeah. okay? I was in the choir and I, you know, I still do some, when they put out stuff for writing, they don't do it as much now because they're obviously in right. a lot of other things. But, and I got to be a part of Bethel's practicum for songwriters this past year in Nashville, which was incredible and another like really strange 
and weird moment. I remember I we pulled up the very first day, and I'm getting out of the car behind Brian and Jen Johnson, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, do I give them like 20 feet of room before I come in the door <laughs> after them? Like, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I really like, and I felt like that whole week, Rita Springer was there, who was just like, like, if I can grow up to be Rita Springer, I'll be doing it, you know? Just like, it was just, it was crazy. Like the things that the Lord's like allowed me to be a part of and that he's allowed, the people he's allowed me to meet and the connections I've been able to make and getting to songwrite all the time now. I have a a song, I got connected with a, a group that's out of Nashville that really is like a community of worship pastors and leaders and people who are passionate about writing worship for the church and which is my heart really. And uh, we're we're actually going to be recording a song that I wrote on with two other guys um, in May, which is pretty yeah. weird to still say out loud. And like, it's just it's it's wild. I get to sing on it, so that's amazing. I get to be the one to kind of carry the song for the recording, I which can't is wait to hear it. It's wild. The it's Lord is really jam. crazy. I mean, really, yeah. he's just nuts. What is your what's your worship jam right now? Like, what's um, their one that you kind of like have been turning to lately? So that people would know. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fair. Um, if you're not on Black Voices Movement, you need to get on them. Okay. The, them and Circuit Riders, Lindy Kofer, she's amazing. I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'm saying that right. Kofer, Koffer. Um, but honestly, anything Upper Room puts out. Yeah, I love Upper Room. I really just appreciate their authenticity. And if you listen to their recordings, especially for if you're a worship pastor, worship leader in a in a church that doesn't have like a crazy production team or anything like that. I so appreciate that when you listen to their recordings, they don't try to make it sound so polished that it's unattainable. I think there's super, obviously I have nothing but love in my heart for like the elevations of the world and even Mav for a lot of the things that they're doing now. It's like very produced and sounds really perfect. And, and I just really, but I, there's something about turning on worship music that sounds like being in the room and that they very much are that, I mean, and they're not worried about being perfect. They're worried about going after his heart. And that's like, If I could, because you crave authenticity. Yes, that's like million percent my thing. So, Upper Room, they've put out a couple live albums in the last little bit that they're a hundred percent worth listening to. So, I'm I'm gonna share mine that I'm listening to right now. I can't remember who sang. I'm not gonna play it, but have you heard? (laughs) um, Have you ever? It's I think it's a little bit older, but have you heard "Glory, Honor, Power" by Influence Music? Mm. Oh, maybe I don't know. I'm sending it to you because it. it is my jam right now. For those of you listening, you need to look it up. It is so good. I mean, like, I'm literally, like, I'm, like, <laughs> singing yeah. my heart out in the car, and I'm, like, yes, Lord. <laughs> like, it's such a good song. You really yeah. need to listen to it. And you need to play it at church. There's also, there's, to be fair, now that you've mentioned one that I haven't heard, I'm I'm all about, like, when you have good songs, I want to see them. So I'm always, like, looking for new stuff. Yeah. And a guy that I actually, his name's Caleb Meekum. And he wrote, he he and another guy named John Wesley Honecker were the two other writers on the song that we're recording with me. They're both at churches as worship pastors. And his church released a song called Jealous Love about a month and a half ago. And if you want a song that will just melt your face and your heart and make you be like, you can literally have all of me, it's that. Like, I won't spoil it, but there's a line in it that says, Jealous Love, half of my heart is not enough. Is it out now? Yes, it okay, is. And I'm it is. It up. It's insane. So I mean, there's all there's so many, there's so many good things that I'm like constantly just looking. I love music. Yeah, me too. I love it. It's it just makes me so happy. It matters so much. Yeah, you know. So, and I and noticed I'm that the that. week. I know this is gonna sound. You're probably gonna relate to this, but the like the weeks or days that I'm not really singing, 
much, I can tell a difference. And then whenever I start singing, mm-hmm. it's almost like, I mean, it is a form of worship, but it's like, it's like when you can't get the words out and you're just singing these songs mm-hmm. and it's almost like the Lord's like just fulfilling you yep. in a way that you've never yeah. really been fulfilled. And I'm sure that's for anybody that has any other gifts and like passions in life. But like for me, it's like music and singing. It's just so, ugh. it's such a release. It is. And it really is like, because, and I really believe it's because it's a gift that he gave you. You're just really tapping into something that's not yours technically, mm-hmm. or at least not just yours. Mm-hmm. And it really just puts you right there. And th- mm. there are so many times I can't even tell you that songs have come through for me. And this is why I have a passion for writing, that there have been songs that have carried me through parts of my life when I didn't have words to pray, yeah. you know? And so when I sit down on my piano and the Lord starts giving me a song, I know it's significant, at least. And for a long time, I thought it was just for me. And now he's being like, okay, come on, little hiding girl, get out here, you know, like... <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I will, I will be faithful to release whatever you ask me to, but I'm just leaving what it, what happens with it up to you, you know. And I'm just, I constantly go back to that same thing of like, if it's even for one, then that's enough. My obedience is worth it. He deserves it anyway, but outside of that, if my obedience is worth it, if even one person, you know, if all my life only sums up to one person finding me when we get to heaven, and is like, it was your song. It was that time you led worship. It was that time when I heard that podcast that really unlocked what the Lord was trying to say to me. Then it's worth it, you know? Well, I've discovered that we could literally sit here and talk for hours, but I am going to have to wrap it up. Do it, girl. (laughs) But thank you, Haley, so much for coming. I love you. I I have learned so much about you and I love you even more. And I feel like we need to like go out for coffee or dinner at least once a week. 100%. Yeah. So. It feels only only right. Yes, it does. Haley, thank you so much. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for sharing your gifts with me okay. and for the with the world, you know, because this is going to go viral. Viral. In Jesus name. Amen. So, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like more information on this podcast, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Picturing Purpose Podcast. Find us on Anchor as well as every major streaming service. If you are excited for this journey and want to see this podcast thrive, there are many ways you can help. The most simple thing you can do is by leaving a five-star review on your streaming service of choice. Reviews help podcasts so much. Another easy thing, anytime you see a post from the Picturing Purpose Podcast social media pages, please comment, like, and share. This generates a bigger audience and brings more listeners. You never know, one of your friends may need to hear an encouraging word. I need daily motivation myself. Last, but definitely not least, if you want to see this podcast fulfill its purpose, your donations are incredibly appreciated. Keeping the podcast up and running is an extra cost I have taken on and will continue to do as needed. I know that God will always provide because this podcast is His. Not only will donations go to the making of the podcast, but Picturing Purpose will be blessing a portion of its monthly earnings to people in need. Whatever God puts on my heart is where the money will go. There is no donation too small, and you can also set up reoccurring payments. Even $5 a month would be super helpful. If you are unable to donate, your prayers are powerful. Please pray for this podcast and that it continues to serve its purpose and spread the love of Christ. Our hope is that Picturing Purpose is an encouragement to anyone that needs it and that we create strong, confident, and motivated disciples. Thank you for your support.